If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Relationship Doctor. I'm Dr. Steven Snyder, and today I want to talk with you about something that's a challenge for nearly all 21st century couples, which is communicating by text. Today, I want to tell you about three things texting is great for in a relationship, and three things texting is really terrible for, and finally, one question you should always ask yourself before you hit send. For better or worse, texting is now a permanent part of the relationship landscape. Americans now send a total of 26 billion text messages every day. The average American spends nearly an hour each day sending and receiving texts. There's even a study suggesting that text compatibility, how well your texting habits match, are an important predictor of relationship satisfaction. Human beings didn't develop the capacity for language until very recently in evolutionary terms. Scientists estimate humans developed language in something near its modern form a mere 50,000 years ago. Until then, our ancestors got along perfectly well with nonverbal communication plus the occasional grunts and groans. Written language didn't get invented until much, much later. So disembodied words on a screen are something our brains haven't really evolved to process very well. As a sex and relationship therapist, I often feel nostalgic for the good old days when texting didn't wreak such havoc in relationships. And I'm not just talking about extreme things like catching your partner cheating by intercepting a text message. I'm talking about the endless misunderstandings that occur when people try to rely on text to communicate. There's one crucial question that determines whether or not texting is going to be a good way to communicate at any given moment with your partner. And that question has to do with whether at that moment you and your partner both want the same thing. Texting tends to be a great means of communication when you both want the same thing. But when you don't, or you're not really sure, then texting is often the worst communication technique in the world. So the most important question to ask yourself before you hit send is, do we both want the same thing right now? Let me show you how this works by showing you three absolutely wonderful things to do by text in a relationship that all typically involve both people wanting the same thing. The first is to use text for coordination, like making plans to get together. You're both interested in getting together, so according to our rule, this is a good text situation. Let's say I've arranged to meet a friend for lunch. They get to the restaurant first, and they text me to tell me they're already there. That's useful information, right? But even in this relatively simple situation, 
and this is obviously as simple as it gets, there can still be ambiguous meanings. Is my friend just texting me to let me know he got there first? Or is he also trying to communicate a sense of moral superiority, which might lead to trouble if I don't feel like playing that particular game? When you text, it's a good idea to make sure you have a specific purpose in mind. If my friend texts me to let me know what table I'll find him at, hey, that's helpful. It's not just a humble brag about his being punctual. The next fabulous way to use text is to flirt with someone. Flirting is one of the most common things people do by text. Is that a good idea? Well, let's think about our rule. When two people flirt, are they both looking for the same thing? Usually, yes. You both want to enjoy the fact that someone finds you interesting and attractive. For most of us, that's better than a pint of Haagen-Dazs. Flirtation by text is so much fun that it's astonishing how humans ever lived without it. It starts with those three little dots, you know, that tell you some living, breathing, attractive person is thinking about you right now. And they're spending their valuable time and energy trying to figure out just the right thing to say to you because you're so special and important to them. If that's not fun, then I don't know what is. Now, obviously, flirting can lead to all sorts of complications. Ultimately, maybe you don't both want the same thing. So it's important to read the room. If your text partner isn't responding in kind, then you'll want to take that as a sign to back off. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with a 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The third thing texting is great for in a relationship is seduction, which is obviously a lot like flirting. The main goal is to have a good time, and texting is a great way to do it. The art of seduction has always been about revealing just enough to keep it interesting and letting your imagination fill in the rest. Texting does that almost automatically. The other person types something sexy, and your imagination goes into overdrive. Text messaging is technology's gift to foreplay. As a famous sex expert once said, eroticism equals attraction plus obstacles. Sometimes texting, because it's so disembodied, can be just the right obstacle to send eroticism through the roof. Of course, that's assuming you both want a seduction scenario to happen. Texting is a terrible way to negotiate consent, though, so seduction by text works a lot better when you're already in an established couple. Now let's get to the three things you should never do by text. Once you understand the fundamental rule, 
never to use text unless you're both sure you want the same thing. These are all pretty obvious. The first is arguing. In an argument, you clearly don't want the same thing. Otherwise, you wouldn't be having an argument, right? Texting is like social media. It's great for starting a fight, but not much use if you want to settle one. I've never seen a couple settle an argument by text. What you really both want, of course, is to feel heard and understood. There are some excellent techniques for achieving this, as we discussed in episode 11. But it's virtually impossible to use any of these techniques via text. The next thing you should never do by text is negotiate about something. Couples ordinarily have to negotiate all sorts of things, from where to have dinner, to where to live, to whether or not to have children. The whole purpose of negotiating, as we discussed in episode 8, is to figure out how to make both of you happy. But that often means going back to the drawing board again and again until you finally arrive at the right solution. Until then, negotiation tends to feel like a total pain in the neck. During the stage when negotiation feels like a pain in the neck, you're both going to need all the physical channels that we mammals have developed over millions of years to reassure each other that everything's going to be okay. Texting just can't meet that need for physical connection. And the last thing you should never do by text is to have a serious conversation. Serious conversations tend to be at least a bit threatening. You need lots of reassurance, and disembodied words in cyberspace are never enough, no matter how many smiling emojis you might add. Trying to have a serious conversation with absolutely no sensory input violates everything we've learned as a species over millions of years about how to establish trust between two people. The only way to provide the kind of reassurance we all need to have a serious conversation is through our physical senses. Even just hearing the other person's voice on the phone provides us with a lot more emotional input than text on a screen. This also includes conversations to define your relationship, like deciding to be exclusive, or breaking up, or making up, and all points in between. In one survey, over half of Americans said they'd broken up with someone by text. Hey, surely we can do better than that. These are serious conversations. My advice, don't try to define your relationship unless you're in a situation where you can look directly into each other's eyes. Texting can be loads of fun, and it's very efficient, which is great as long as you both want the same thing. But when you're part of a couple, remember your needs are never going to entirely match. These days, when we're all living part-time in the real world and part-time in cyberspace, it's useful to keep in mind that virtual interactions, like texting, work best for the really easy stuff. But make sure your relationship is text-smart. When it comes to the hard stuff, skip the e-communication and wait for a time when you both have your feet planted firmly in the real world. What's your most pressing relationship question? Email it to me at relationshipdoctor at quickanddirtytips.com. You might even hear your question on the show. 
For more useful tips on getting more of what you need in a relationship and holding on to it once you get it, follow me on Twitter and Facebook. Check out my book, Love Worth Making, How to Have Ridiculously Great Sex in a Long-Lasting Relationship. And be sure to listen and subscribe to Relationship Doctor on Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please note, all content here is for informational purposes only. This content does not replace the professional judgment of your own mental health provider. Coming back from an injury or any painful condition is not a do-it-yourself project. Gaylord Physical Therapy in Cromwell, Cheshire, and North Haven has the technology and talent to help you get back to what you love. Whether it's taking a walk or running a marathon, Gaylord Physical Therapy in Cromwell, Cheshire, and North Haven can help you get back to your personal best. Gaylord, think possible. Also available in Madison and Wallingford. Go to gaylord.org for more information.